0: What's going on? Welcome back to Modern Day Market. I'm your host Brett McGrath, Lean Marketing at The Juice. If you are new to the show, welcome. We appreciate you being here. If you are a longtime listener, shout out. We like people like you. Excited for today's conversation. I am joined by Alex Kelly at Cirros. He is going to be talking about how to build successful collaboration between marketing and design to earn attention. Talk a lot about marketing and sales, but how often do we talk about marketing and design? At least we haven't done much of that on this program. If you like what we're doing over here, follow, subscribe, hit all the buttons. Subscribe to the Modern Day Marketer newsletter. It is a companion piece to this podcast The link is in the show notes. Let's kick it to the conversation. What is going on, everyone? Excited for this conversation. Um, We are talking about a topic that I think is on a lot of marketers' minds, and we certainly haven't hit it on this show, but I'm excited to dig in. So we're going to be talking about how to build successful collaboration between marketing and design to earn attention. Hopefully spend a lot of time talking about attention because I think that's something that's missed often but I'm excited. So I'll, let me introduce today's guest, Alex Kelly, who's the director of digital marketing at Cirrus. We're going to dive in. We're just going to go probably hundred miles an hour, answer some questions, and hopefully you'll learn something on the other side of it. But without further ado, Alex, welcome, man. How are you? I'm good. Thank
1: you for having me. Excited to uh, to chat about this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Maybe uh, before we dive in, if people are unfamiliar, maybe you give the high-level overview on uh, Cirrus and then maybe your role with inside the org, what you're responsible for.
1: Yeah. So Cirrus uh, is a really interesting company. So we we build creative tools for, for marketing teams that are looking to create and publish more engaging digital content at scale without necessarily having to work through a developer or an agency to produce those those touch points. So, we allow them to do this more more you know faster, more easy uh, or, or easier than um, some of the traditional workflows. It's our, our core product is a design studio that very similar in in sort of framing as you know a lot of the design tools that designers are used to today. The the Adobe's of the world, but we give them those added capabilities to add interactions and animations, embed other kinds of media, and then publish their designs directly to the web. So it's a, it's a really powerful tool for marketers to create you know anything from micro content that they embed in their existing blog posts all the way up to larger scale campaign microsites and kind of everything in between so really flexible and and creative use cases that we've seen and then we're we're starting to build some additional products and tools in a in a a larger suite of creative tools for uh for marketing teams so really exciting place to be in and and uh, also just really exciting to see the kinds of things that teams are creating with a with a platform like ours
0: What's it like just being a marketer working at a company that creates and builds product for marketers? Do you find that makes your job easier or more challenging? I find, so for a little context, I was at a, um, a
1: a company in the developer tool space before this, and it's been a really interesting contrast where the way that we were developing or, or marketing to developers was dramatically different than the environment I stepped into in, in Saros where yeah, I think marketing to marketers, there's there's a both a heavier appetite to engage with things that feel a little bit more experimental. There is a you know an, an interest level in not just the message that's being broadcast, but the nuts and bolts behind it because mm. they they're doing similar things in their roles and they're they're just curious what other companies like them are, are are trying to do. So you do find that there's maybe a more more willingness to engage with things that just feel very outside the norm. I also think there's just a maybe an Easier path, or maybe a more direct path from what you're putting out into the world, and they're they're able to make some of those leaps for you in in, in a sense because they're they're coming at it from a marketer's point of view. And I think it's it's it makes my job easier in some sense, and then also really difficult because our bar for what we want to consume as marketers is a lot higher. So it it does uh, it does raise the stakes, I would say, in, in terms of what the expectations are of our audience.
0: I think, uh, yeah, I feel much of the same way in a lot of what I do. And definitely whenever I'm talking with an individual who is marketing to marketers, I always like to ask to gather perspective, but maybe that'll kind of lead us into just the first topic and that's just consumer attention, right? There's a proliferation of content. We're all scrolling. And I I don't think when we're creating all the time, we are making sure that we are building for that pattern interrupt or for people to stop. So with like 3 seconds or so to grab a consumer's attention, how does the impact of what we create and kind of what how we distribute that? Like how do you, how are you thinking about that in terms of just like trying to gain attention?
1: Yeah, it's it is so critical and it's it's really important to understand the context in which you're creating where you're not just competing with your competitors the you're not competing with the other brands creating you know solutions that are similar to yours or at least not just competing with them you're also competing with individual creators on you know on social or on youtube or on certain channels where they are the dominant force in what your users are potentially consuming they are the ones that are are more natively aware of how to create something engaging and interesting and adaptable to whatever that context is. And we're also in competition with just entertainment uh, not even just you know what what others are are creating, but just the time we spend not doing our jobs is oftentimes uh, consuming things that we just want to disconnect from all of that. So it's the things that we just want to consume and and just find entertainment or interest in in our our day to day. So those are all of the challenges that are that are sort of swirling around. It's that that's a context that we need to think about. So those three seconds are so critical where we need to we need to look at the things that are actually driving that kind of behavior and that that engagement that that interest on those given channels if you're creating something for a specific channel what do people even want in that context what are they interested in because as we know i mean the, the attention drives everything else you can have the best product positioning and at least the most aligned messaging across your organization But if the right audience isn't paying attention, they're not going to understand what you're trying to say. They're not going to get there. So that drives a lot of the decisions that we make in terms of ensuring that we are putting a lot of time and attention and and emphasis from a creative standpoint on what is interesting that we are seeing out in the world and what's interesting to us and what do we think that our audience is actually going to engage with. Even if it is kind of outside of the bubble of what we would consider our... Our product marketing message or, or just our marketing funnel in general. Like, let's just get them interested in something that we're doing and what we have to say. And then we can start to work to translate that to something deeper.
0: So I I know I'm certainly guilty of this, but just looking past the attention phase and going straight to conversion, thinking about, okay, well, we as marketers have these numbers that we're trying to hit and our boss and our boss's boss and the board are all have these expectations for us in our role. So let's focus on how we get people to do the thing that we want, which is have a meeting, become an opportunity, become pipeline, have our sales close it. And so we look past kind of the attention getting phase. I guess, like, do you have any advice or pieces of feedback in order to get marketers to maybe slow down and think more critically about that based on what you just framed up? Think about how whatever they're creating is framed up in a way that's going to get people to stop and actually read rather than just scroll past.
1: Yeah, I think it's first and foremost spending a little bit of time, ideally a lot more time, but even a little bit of time having a maybe unstructured or at least more free-flowing conversations with the people that you're looking to gain the attention for. Oftentimes, we we skip past the research phase and really understanding not just the problems that our solution is trying to solve for, our products you're trying to solve for, but also just understanding what makes that audience tick and and what their what their interests are it also really helps to illuminate where you should even be pointing your lens to generate that attention where do they find their information where do they spend their time and how do they like to engage with that it's really as marketers we like to generalize a lot of the time or, or like, if we think about our audience we're thinking of it in terms of profile we're thinking of it in terms of a segment a a broader maybe standardization of what we think the audiences that we're trying to sell to. And it can be easy to forget that that is made up of individual human beings on the other end of the screen, that they all have their own agendas. They all have their own desires. They all have their own biases. And maybe they just want to consume information in different ways. Some people are more visual learners. Some people like to engage with podcasts as they're passively doing other things or passively as they're doing other things. And some people like to spend the time digging into deeper information. So it's important to figure out like how do you account for some of that and and really deeply understand who it is you're trying to, trying to engage and what is going to get their attention because it's not the same for everybody. I'd say the other thing is just really understanding what is your authentic point of view and how is that position in relation to your audience? Because if you have a really strong belief and something really compelling to say because you, you just inherently believe that it to be it, it it's true. It's a, you know, a force in the world that you are 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 really strongly subscribed to. And you're trying to attract the attention of people that believe the same thing, as long as that's a really honest true belief and not something mm-hmm. that you're just trying to posture, then that, that that attention starts to naturally sort of gravitate towards you as as you're putting that through. So I'd say really understanding where you should be be pointing your lens and really understanding your authentic point of view and and belief in the world. those two things are really going to help just generate that attention because there's there's a natural gravitation that that occurs when you're you are where they are and you are saying something compassion you know, passionately that you have conviction in that they also have conviction in and then, and then you start to you know get a little bit of eye-opened uh, attention there that you can start to you know translate that goodwill to something else.
0: I love that. Maybe like thinking about just other foundational elements and things that maybe should be in place. Maybe talk about it from like your team and you, like how your team operates perspective. Like, what are the types of things that you, you all are planning on? You talk about before you launch something to make sure that you're hitting the mark. And that mark is like, all right, we're trying to grab their attention. Maybe talk through some scenarios of you and your team and how you all operate.
1: Yeah, so we have a really strong belief in the strategic power of creativity and not not just thinking about creatives and design as a production step in a process, but it is critical for anything that we have seen work and and really when the team is is happy and when the team is doing things that are that are effective and and really resonating, it is when when we you know follow our our own best advice and Get design involved in the strategy conversations as early as possible. It is not just a a facet of marketing coming up with the message, marketing developing the materials, and then kicking it over to the fence to a designer and saying, "Hey, can you just slap our brand guidelines on this and make this look pretty?" It's that is really just developing something from from one point of view and one lens that isn't necessarily going to deliver on the expectations of your audience. Um, we need those individuals and that team bought into the concept, bought into what it is that we're trying to accomplish, what the objectives are. And our role in that is figuring out you know, what is the core message, who is the audience, everything that we know about them, and how do we make sure that everybody involved in this project understands what's critical to them. And being really upfront about what the objectives and goals are here. What do we want them to to think what do we want them to feel what do we want them to come away with the really core knowledge that we need them to understand and putting all of this into a brief that is that is really laying out the foundation for what we're trying to accomplish and getting that creative team involved as early as possible so that they can do what they do best which is come up with creative concepts that are going to translate those needs into something that is attention grabbing that's not always, you know, I've, I've been in digital and demand roles for, for the better part of a decade. I, a lot of folks in our position, we might, you know, skip past some of these steps, but they as designers and as creatives, that is what they are are doing. That's their lens on the world. That is what they are they're really trained to do, which is packaging up these ideas into engaging experiences, whether that's an individual piece of content or something more comprehensive. So that collaboration early, early, early in the process sets the tone for everything else. As long as we are keeping a really close lens on ensuring the key things, the key messages, the key objectives are, are front and center all the way throughout, it also gives us a better sense of you know what our role is further down the line, what we should be providing feedback on, not... Hey, can we make this button a different color and can we make this bigger? That's that's not really serving the purpose. But if something's critically missing that needs to be a part of it, that's that's something really tangential and the creative execution then leads some of the other decisions around Great. How can we refactor this for certain channels? How can we play up on this? What are different ways that we can we can iterate on this idea moving forward? And you know that creativity as a core belief really drives everything else. And it's it is a very collaborative process in the middle there. It's not just a linear you know words wireframe design. It it, it all kind of feeds off of one another as you're going through.
0: So a lot of what I just heard there is like the importance of communication between different functions and, you know, good communication and maybe a deliverable, like uh, a brief is a, a mechanism that you can bring good communication together. I think marketers and design folks maybe like str- have struggle or I've experienced this as I've evolved in my career with just delivering feedback both ways, right? Like, I don't like this design piece, this design. I think it misses the mark, but it's ex- really explaining why. And then maybe on the other side, design offering feedback on kind of what we're as, you know, marketers bringing to the table, maybe talk a little bit about just like you you shared some perspective there, but just like that, that a healthy relationship between the two groups, like what things exist. I, I think about like, if I'm ever going to talk with a designer and I'm going to ask for a deliverable. Like I'm always going to start with a brief because I know that'll help ignite the conversation and put it in the right direction, but maybe like share some other things that might be in play during like the creation of a new campaign or content piece or other deliverable. Yeah. There's a
1: lot of things that come up in those conversations and, you know, I've not always been on the right side of that for sure. I think there's, there's a, there's a learning curve that goes into this, but you know, when, when entering into those conversations, especially conversations around feedback, I think it's always important to root yourself in what is most important here from, from, you know, my perspective as a marketer, I need to understand what is, what is critically important from, from the marketing lens and what are things that I'm, I'm trying to provide feedback on, or maybe starting to provide feedback on that aren't really a part of that, that framing. It's oh, I don't think this design is really hitting the mark, that comes off. When when you say it like that, it comes off as, I don't like what you designed from a personal perspective. Now, if it's accomplishing the goals that we, we both agreed on, and if it's really tailored to that audience, then... Then it's not really rooted in in serving the campaign. It's rooted in my own personal preference, right? And that that that's where things really get into sort of sticky situations. And I think from the design lens, we can we can also maybe sometimes get a little restrictive of what feels like it is rooted in what our brand is and isn't. And you know, I think the the best sorts of creative executions really start to push the boundaries of not just not designing within two can find a box of this is and isn't how our brand looks right and and that's often the case because these these channels that we're trying to drive attention on the things that actually do interrupt that pattern are so outside of the realm of you know logo image call to action it's that is what everybody is creating and yes we want to make sure that there's there's a way for them to know who is creating this message but you know I think there's there's a there's a lot of really different ways that we can we can do that without putting ourselves in too restrictive of a a place. So, you know, from our our lens, it's yes, what's critical to the objective. And I also think we just need to understand when we're providing that kind of feedback of, I don't think this design is hitting the mark. It's not coming from a personal place. It's coming from my experience, hands-on experience of managing whatever this digital channel is and what I have seen work, what I have seen not work either Mm. personally or just from my own observations and wherever possible and as early as possible, show a ton of examples of generally directionally what you're looking for and why and provide that justification because the more experience and the more evidence that you present, it just helps to build You know, a better shared understanding of what are we trying to do here, and why do we think this is the right approach, and you know, what is going to push us a little bit farther outside of our comfort zone, and it's not coming from a place that's my personal, you know, desire to create something different. It's it's coming from a place of we see this working, and we know we need to do something different to be able to perform the way that we need to perform here.
0: Let's maybe close out with some examples, and these can be examples from you and your team, or you as an outsider looking at what other folks are doing, maybe where kind of you observe marketing and sales collaboration at its finest and where you're able to grab attention and that attention is it leads to desired outcomes. yeah
1: we've we've seen this work really well or, or work well internally in a couple of different ways. One example that comes to mind was we were we were trying to put together a program to, Based off a lot of what we were hearing on with calls with prospects, and you know what what are shared challenges and use cases that we really wanted to make sure we were highlighting in a proactive way, and instead of creating maybe more traditional traditional examples or content to to fuel that, our creative team came back with this with this idea to essentially create a fake fake brand, a fake product, and and fake positioning, and all of these things to. Act as a stand-in for any one particular prospect that we were trying to engage, and it was a totally absurd idea and and a really fun one. It was it was the ripe avocado detector. It was mm. a mobile app that, you know, never never over ripen your avocados again. But we made sure that we were also. Really strongly positioning those primary use cases and examples of, you know, what are people really trying to solve for when they use a solution like ours, and mm. what are the things we hear over and over and over again? And we put that brand through those scenarios. and we use that as a way to, you know, a, a way into telling a, a story that would connect with with our prospects and and also show the output of what they created to solve that problem. And it was just, you know, it was an idea that we wouldn't have come up with on our own. And it was a really interesting way of, of getting at that. Um, so that, that collaborative spirit and that, that collaboration really yielded something totally outside of our, our norm. Right. And uh, I, there's, there's more, um, maybe high profile examples of this too. You know, I, I was working in New York and and taking the, the trains every day, you know, an older example, but the Casper subway ads were, were such a interesting way to interrupt somebody's, uh, you know, pattern of just you know, zoning out on a, on a subway train. It was. I know. I found myself just spending time, just staring at it, just like, what? Are, what are all these weird Easter eggs in this ad? And you know, the more time you look at it, the more time you associate it with the brand. And it was a pure awareness play, but it was an effective one for sure. There, there was one other that that so, I found. So
0: I saw, I saw those uh, Casper ads during some trips to New York, and for whatever reason, and I often personal use case. I I always think of Casper as like home run scenario because when my wife and I moved into our, our new house, obviously we needed a new bed and mm-hmm. we didn't want to go mattress shopping. So what did we do? We just went online and who did we buy? We Or what did we buy? We bought a Casper master a mattress. And then the life site, you know, you tweet out, Casper, we love your mattress. And then next thing you know, weeks later, someone DMs you asking for your address. And then all of a sudden you get new pillows. So like that company has found a way to master attention to customer for life. So I, I love it how you called yep. out them as an example.
1: Yeah, it's a non-digital example in that sense, but it's it's such a creative way of tapping into what people are already doing. You're, you're a captive audience just stuck on a train for however long. You're going to be looking around and just sort of observing your your surroundings. And they found a way of just like locking your eyes in one place for, you know, whatever 10 minute ride you were on, on that given morning, just a really cool, cool execution.
0: Maybe we close out with, with this. I think, you know, we've covered a lot of ground, definitely a fascinating topic. And I'm thinking about just like attention, getting attention in a different way. Is there any, like, what is one piece of advice you'd offer to any marketers listening that are maybe stuck in this conversion mode, or maybe haven't been thinking about getting attention as a kind of primary responsibility before they listen to this? Like, where would you direct people to start in terms of like organizing around getting attention first?
1: Yeah. I I think Firstly recognize how critical of a need this is. You know, today's attention is tomorrow's demand. If you're if you're fully focused on conversion oriented activities, you might be driving the pipeline you need today, tomorrow, this month, this quarter, uh, at a certain point that's going to dry up or it's going to start to reduce. And you need to understand how are you refilling that that future demand and that understanding of what your brand is because you're going to make your life a lot harder as you go. So it's really foundationally important as a a responsibility of ours. And then I would say, where to start? Start with talking to your customers and, and really understand where they are and what they respond to. And also talk to your creative partners, anybody internally in your organization, any agencies you might be working with. And just get a really good, you know, foundation set with them, where you're you're thinking about the process in a collaborative manner. You're getting them involved in strategically helping to solve for some of these problems. You don't have to take the entire weight of delivering these, these results onto your own shoulders. That's what they're there for. They 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 are they are bought into the business or or, or you're, they're a partner of the business. They are there to help solve these problems in a collaborative fashion. So. Those conversations are going to set you up for a much clearer path towards execution.
0: I learned a ton in this one. Hopefully you all did too. Alex, really appreciate the time thinking about things a little bit differently. And that's always the mark of a good conversation. Thanks for coming by. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Love that conversation with Alex. I love talking about attention. I love talking about just marketing and design and how those groups work together to lead to successful outcomes. You take care of yourself, take care of others around you. More modern day marketer on the other side.